You're listening to The G-Factor with Lauren and Tony, a weekly microcast offering a variety of unique ways to market your business or organization. Now, without further ado, here are the hosts of G-Factor, Lauren Doherty and Tony Van. Well, we did it, Lauren. We finished the race. 2023 is here. Can I be as optimistic as say that basically we're past the pandemic and there's no Mm. more need for anything else? Like the world is back to 2018. We're good to go. Is that right? I am not going to be responsible for this conversation. I am out. (laughs) No, no one can say that because we'll be right. Just wait. Just give it till February or March again. Don't go saying that now. Nope. No one say it. Jinxed it. Well, I've I've got I'm having t-shirts printed up that say new year, new me. So I'm hoping <laughs> that people will buy those online and uh check us out. No, it's it's uh, the first of the year. Super excited to be here for 2023. And uh what are we gonna hit first? What's yeah. what's our season four kickoff? Line? Our season four opener is something borrowed, something new. Nice. So we nice. are going to talk about audiences. So I know we've mentioned this on some previous episodes, but we wanted to create an entire episode dedicated to this topic because of how important it is. And then also kind of throw in, um, this is something I was talking about with a group I'm involved in this morning, which was audience segmentation and tailoring your content for those audiences for better results in your communication. So I guess let's just start with kind of what is an owned and a borrowed audience. Do you want to tell everyone what a borrowed audience is? Sure, I'll define that up. So a borrowed audience is basically someone that's passively following you. That's someone that's really not engaged directly, but they're indirectly either knowledgeable of your brand or know your products or services, but they're not someone that is really come forth and said, hey, I'm here, it's me. You're just kind of using them as they passively uh, either uh, go through social media or Google things or check out websites, but it's not someone that has a um, fully you know, invested stake. Um, the cool part about that, there are some pros and cons. You want me to talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. That? Let's okay. talk about it. Well, I mean, it's, so the pros of that is basically it's um, super easy and can be cheap to tap the tap into. I mean, they're already kind of uh, interested in your brand or knowledgeable about your brand. It's something that you might be able to, you know, throw something out on social media and see if you can kind of get them to hook in, to, to grab in. And uh, it's like throwing a really big net into this really big sea then. Like right. everyone's like you, kind of swimming out there. And I might catch one or two. That's exactly. And saying. that's super. That's exactly right. Yeah. It's like, you know, they're a fish in the ocean. So you're going to throw out your, your uh, net, but you don't know particularly if, they're in that area and or if they're tuna or crappie or octopus or octopi or, you know, pumpkin pie, you just don't know what it is. So, uh, and then the other thing is it's really great to experiment with your content with them because they're not really engaged on a direct manner. So you can see like, okay, I mean, kind of using our illusion, are we, are they going to chum on, you know, uh, tuna or is it, um, you know, whatever, uh, crappie or whatever that kind of, worms or whatever that looks like so yikes uh, yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) the cons of that is maybe (laughs) maybe uh you'll get oversaturation in other words yes 
too many people posting too much stuff all of the time. And you're going to basically, you know, turn those folks away because you're trying too hard. It's kind of like me in the eighth grade dance. You know, I mean, I just, you try so hard and so hard. And then you realize that, you know, really the, the girls like the guy that's kind of cool and in the corner. So that's, that's how that works. And then the other thing is you're often, uh, mercy to algorithms and other things that platforms use. I had this actually happen a couple of weeks ago. I was posting uh, for a client and uh, basically, you know, it was two weeks later and they were commenting like, Hey, I just got this. Is it too late? Well, Mm-hmm. You know, the real reality is social media doesn't occur like television. It's not scheduled. It's not something that happens every day. It's based on that algorithm on when someone will see that or won't see that. So, um, you know, that's that's right. a big problem for sure. It is. It's so annoying when you see something like you're going through your feed and one thing's from one minute ago and something's from four days ago. Right. And you know, I'm like, wait, didn't I already read that? And then I look and I'm like, yeah, that's four days old or that news already happened or that deal or offer is already, you know, expired. So from a user standpoint and from a marketing standpoint, I always get frustrated with that. I Can we go back to the day when the timeline was actually ti- a timeline in a timely yeah. format? I would love yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, but it's not. It's not. Right. And I think that's, I mean, I do want to kind of like put a little wedge in here. That is one of the things that as a social media content creator and or folks that have clients, that's one of the most difficult things to understand. So when you post something online, I don't want to break any hearts here at the first of the year, but when you post something online, that does not mean that the 9,000 people that follow you see that immediately. What? Yeah. Oh, wouldn't that be amazing? Yes. That's not how this works. That's <laughs> yeah, not how that's any, not of, any of, this of this works. works. Right. <laughs> and so that's, it basically slips on your feed based on a lot of things. The number of times you've actually, you know, commented, engaged, liked their other content. It also has to be, and you're going to talk about this. You have to be engaged with that brand. There are a lot of factors involved. So when you sit down and you're playing your social media calendar, realize that it is a non-linear timeline for Absolutely. sure. So. And that, I think it's important to remember like your content on social media and talk and speaking to these audiences, it needs to be a balance of evergreen content and things that are timely. And just keep that in yes. mind because also just for research purposes, like just posting about, you know, something one time does not mean everyone saw it, like you just said. So reusing content or reiterating messages is very important, especially with this audience and like the wide net, like you're talking about with the borrowed audience. So absolutely, absolutely. So let me tell you what an owned audience is. I and was just about to ask <laughs> if you would, please. I will. So, so this is often referred to as either owned or earned because this is an audience that you have cultivated. So that means you have asked and they have given you their contact information. Nice, so. Nice you basically um, own their information. So maybe it's their email, maybe it's their phone number, whatever they have opted in to receive communications from you. So the pros of this are you have a direct communication line open with this audience who obviously is interested because they gave you their information to stay connected. So they're already a stronger audience base than what you would find with the borrowed audience. They're already connected. Um, 
And honestly, once you have that information, you can communicate with them in a variety of ways. So say you have their email address, you can obviously email them and ask them to connect with you on social media, right? So then you're spreading that information across different platforms. So then your social media is more relevant to this audience. You're capturing more. Um, so those are just a couple of the pros. The other pro that I would I, that we have talked about before, but I want to throw it in, and you mentioned it, but you know, with the borrowed audience, you're at the mercy of the social media platform or an algorithm, right? right, right. Um, and sometimes, as we have seen, those platforms can go down or disappear, or maybe ownership changes, or you know, who knows what could happen with Facebook or Instagram or Meta. Um, or TikTok or any of those things. Any of those things, right. And if that's your only audience, then, and one of those things goes down, then what do you do? You know, how do you communicate? So that's the other pro with the owned audience is you own that information. You can communicate with them at your leisure in a variety of ways. Um, The cons. So I'm definitely going to say the pros outweigh the cons here, but I'll give you a couple of cons with the owned audience and why it's a good reason to have both. Um, Number one is, it does require more effort. Like you have to ask people that are interested in your business or come through your door um, or that you're creating leads. You have to ask them for their information or ask them to opt in. So it's a little bit more effort. Um, but you know what? This is something we also always say is all they can say is no, or they can right. opt out. But right. if you don't ask, you'll never have that information. The other thing which kind of leads us into a bigger point that I definitely want to talk about is you need to make sure that you keep your list clean. So once you've you've cultivated this, make sure you know what they're interested in and make sure you keep your list segmented. So just give a really simple example. Uh, Maybe I'm a museum and I have programming and I have programming for adults and for children or maybe adults and college students. So I need to make sure that I have a list of college students and a list of parents to communicate to those kids. And I have a list for adults so to keep things separate and make sure that people know and are getting you know information about what they want. So just kind of a simple um, example there. That's really so, good. That segmenting is so important too, for sure. Absolutely. And that's why I I think we kind of want to dive into that just for a second here, but, um, you know, maintaining both of these audiences is definitely important. We're not saying only go for the owned, um, obviously to cultivate new leads, they have to start somewhere and that social media wide net, like you mentioned, is a great place to do that, to then make them become an owned audience. So that's kind of how they work together, but there are pros and cons of both. Yeah, totally. I I mean, I think that the reality is if you know about it, it's easier to kind of define it in your own mind when you are making that marketing plan so that you're working kind of both sides of the coin uh, throughout your Mm -hmm. annual year, your marketing year. So, Absolutely. So let's talk just for a second about your list segmentation and kind of what I just gave that quick example. But um, let's just talk about email lists very quickly. But um, and it depends on what software you're using or if you're using like an Excel document or if you're using an email aggregator to keep your list clean. But try to gather all the information about people that you can or if you can make notes or, you know, this person bought this or this person was involved in this or this person volunteered for this. So that way you can keep track of their interests and segment those lists even further. Yeah, that's a great idea to do. Do that from the beginning. <laughs> Don't try to go back and gather all this data, then get it from them later. Do it on the front end as best as possible. 
Um, and then after, say you're sending out emails, you know, you might get some bounce backs or some unopens. Try your best to clean those up as you go or after each send or monthly, um, however that works for you. But doing that in real time will just help you um, keep that list clean and better your communications from here forward. The other part of the list segmentation is make sure you're serving them the content they're looking for. So, of course, some things will have crossover, but first and foremost, make sure you're giving that particular list the content that they've, you know, kind of opted in for or been interested in the past before you just start sending them stuff about something completely different that they may not be interested in because then you'll lose them from both sides. That's so frustrating. That is so yeah. frustrating and so wise that you're saying that because if you sign up for coupons or you sign up for daily deals and you're getting three or four emails a day, you're going to turn that lead off and it yes. takes money to get that lead. So don't do that. Just don't yes. do that. Give them time to acclimate, give them what they want, and then slowly start to introduce some new content to them, I think is the smartest move. So that's kind of that something borrowed, something new um, in a nutshell to start the new year. Right now is a great time to implement these practices, especially on the um, owned or earned audience side, keeping those lists clean um, from the start and or starting now to implement a cultivation plan or a drip marketing campaign. Yeah. Yeah. And this just kind of came to me while we were sitting here, but you know, this is a great way to save marketing dollars. You know, a lot of times yes. people say like, I, how do I cut marketing dollars or I don't have enough money or whatever that looks like. If you keep a clean list and know who your audience is and how to connect with them effectively and efficiently, that will save you money in the long run. If you throw out trash, you look at shotgun approaches, and you don't really know where your audience is or who your audience is, that is going to cost you money, money, money. So this yeah, is great. This is a fantastic way to do that. That's a very good point. So. Absolutely. All right. Well, we have 50 more of these plus or minus to go. Lauren, yeah. are you ready for season four? I am ready. Let's buckle up. All right. Well, as always, for the G Factor, I am Tony Van. And I'm Lauren Doherty. And we'll speak to you next week. Thank you for listening to G Factor. For more episodes, additional information, and a way to connect with Lauren and Tony, visit theguildfactor.com.